All right. Well, it is time. In the future, there will be uh, awesome stingers transitioning between these segments. If you guys like this format, I will actually spend the time to make those stingers. But uh, for now, we'll see how this goes. The second segment uh, is going to be our hot takes of the week. And we'll do this subject by subject. So uh, start arguing with Reddit series. So we haven't done one in in quite a while, actually. But if you go back, you'll find uh, episodes where we spend the entire episode just reacting to things that we find on Reddit all over the Internet. Um, Usually just interesting things that we want to bounce off of each other to learn from. And we invite those people to see the podcast, come on the podcast, and they can uh, even uh, interact with us live if they want to. I'm going to do it such that every episode we have one segment for, per topic that is hot takes for that topic of the week. So this week is gaming for Nathan. So I'll just do this at, at random. So this one's from Ben. I actually uh, spliced yours together, Ben, so that they were like one one big image. Um, and uh, do you want to give uh, Nathan a gist of what's happening in this uh, very long hot take? Sure. So this is a, uh, a thread about what do you find the most annoying about contemporary video games? And this person uh, seems to think that in contrast to games when, when I assume he uh, was growing up in the you know, 80s to early 2000s, uh, the games today do too much hand-holding, and they you know, point you to where, where to go. They don't leave you a lot of room to do anything else. And if they were to take away like, explicit instructions about how to go, you know, what to do, where to go, uh, there are no sort of like in-game uh, organic ways of finding out what to do like there used to be. Joust the opinion, Nathan. <laughs> okay. Uh, the hand-holding wasn't, like, the thing you was, uh, was problem with uh, games with hand-holding is not what I expected it to be, but um, I guess I can see what he's saying, where a lot of games have, like, markers telling you where to go and whatnot. Uh, I don't, I mean, it doesn't seem, I don't see the uh, inherent fun that would come from removing those, so, like, Imagine if you're driving a car and then you just had no GPS. Like, is that more fun? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds like you have a higher chance of getting lost, which if the world is interesting enough, maybe getting lost is interesting because you get to see things you would not get to see otherwise. But uh, chances are the world is not that interesting because you can't detail, you know, the every single bit of a world. You can't detail it all out. Um, so in like an open world setting, so... I imagine the most interesting things will actually be en route to where you need to go, uh, assuming you know things were designed nicely. <laughs> It'd be very strange if you, because you know, if I'm thinking if I'm designing an open world game, I'm going to put most of the detail in the places where I know people are going to be. Uh, I'm going to leave, you know, because you know I have a time, I have a schedule, you know, a, a budget, so I would leave things that are not in the path of the player as less detailed. Um, so, for example, imagine GTA, right? Like, if you go to, like, the Sandy Shores area, there's, like, huge, vast areas of just nothing, right? I mean, you, there's not really a reason to go in them to begin with, right? So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, if you didn't give someone a GPS and they happen to wander in there, and then, they're, you know, they're looking at nothing now, right? So I can see this actually, the, the marketing stuff actually being uh, economical for the developers and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, get, I, get, I get how you could get some enjoyment from uh, 
this person mentions uh, like looking for things based on a description. And uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint had a similar thing. There's actually an option. You can turn, by default, markers were, I guess, I think it was like the recommended way was that uh, different level, like when you want to go to the next level, because this is a whole big open world map, it wouldn't tell you exactly where to go. It would give you a province that was located in, and it would give you a description of like what's nearby and stuff like that, right? And you look at the map, and you go, okay, this looks like the warehouse I was talking about. And it said like east of the warehouse. Let me look east. And I see a building there, maybe it's that. Let me go try and, you know, find it. Uh, I actually found that pretty annoying <laughs> because, <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe it's uh, just that it wasn't done well, but I was pretty much able to find it, like, all the time. It just took a long time, like, because it wasn't like I was exploring in the real world. It's like I was looking at the map, trying to figure out, okay, which building is the warehouse, right? <laughs> and then uh, and then which building to the east of the warehouse am I supposed to be going to? Um, and it wasn't like, it usually wasn't because there are multiple buildings that, uh, could all be warehouses. Like I just couldn't find the building. Like I was just scanning the province and like, where is this warehouse? Um, so I, I guess that's a, a different thing to what he's explaining. He's talking about, um, the Elder, the Elder Scrolls Morrowind, which I assume how it would work is, I haven't played it myself, but I assume how it work is, you know, it says NPCs gave, gave you descriptions of the location until you had to get there. So. Yeah, it gives an example, take the west of the road, turn north at the river, that's different, right? It's not telling you, look at the map and like scan it and try to figure out where you need to go. It's uh, yeah, giving you proper directions, which can enhance the immersion uh, because it's kind of weird that you have like a GPS-like system in a game where technology, modern technology doesn't exist like Morrowind. But at the same time, it's also a game. And so, you know, things like that are just okay sometimes depending, you know, depending on what you're going for in your game uh, and how much you care for, care about what you're going for. You know, what are you willing to sacrifice for other good things? So, uh, yeah, honestly, I don't think it's inherently bad. Um, well, actually, the person doesn't seem to think so either. It says, a notable exception are the Dishonored games. They had markers, but you can switch them off. Oh, okay. Okay, that sounds more interesting. Clues spread around the level. Uh, notes, maps, conversations you listen in on. Okay, I mean... Semi, I'm going to digress a bit, but like when you hear about conversations you can li- listen in on in any game, it's usually not good because uh, <laughs> like it just destroys the immersion. I don't, do you know what I'm talking about, Irving? Like conversations you can listen in on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Usually they're like really forced or like clearly yeah. triggered or like. Uh... Yeah, it's the trigger, dude. It's like, oh, so I happen to walk by this person. He happened to be telling me very crucial information. Like. <laughs> You happen to be talking to another person right next to me, and like the volume is like magnified. I can hear him from like a mile away for some reason about you know, <laughs> him talking about you know the exact location of the secret document I meant to steal. All right, uh, that's yeah. nice. I think that's a way bigger like <laughs> emerging killer than, than than some markers on a map. You know, because at least uh, markers on a map, it's like it's different. It was like a GPS system that's kind of weird, right? It's like it's abstract, right? It's markers on a map. As in, like, this is not even necessarily a map in in the physical sense, right? Mm. It's just an, an abstract thing. It's just part of the game at that point, right? It's like how um, you can play a game like Monopoly, right? And you don't go, well, this physical board isn't realistic, right? Like, not even <laughs> board in real life, in real life, you know, whatever. It's like it's an abstraction of like the concept of business, right? <laughs> so, and that's just fine. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I guess those are my thoughts on it. I don't think it, I don't I don't think it's really that bad. 
Uh, I, in fact, I can't really think of many, uh, <laughs> many times where it'd be good. Oh, actually, it's kind of different, but in Dirt Rally, by uh, the setting where you can, well, half of, like, half of the game is like, you know, it's a racing game, right? Uh, rally racing. And part of the game is knowing where you need to go, right? Because you're going so fast that you should know beforehand, before you get to the turn, when you need to turn, right? Because there's some like blind corners, for example, where you can't see what's after it, right? So just as in real rally racing, you have a co-pilot, co-pilot, co-driver, I guess, I don't know, whatever you call him, uh, who's telling you, okay, in like X amount of time, turn, you know, left, right, whatever, right? And that's an interesting thing, right? Because it's, you're not actually getting like waypoint markers on your screen. Uh, it's just like, it's just instructions, like he said. I think this is a lot more exhilarating because it's actually part of the challenge in a way, right? Like, in this scenario, like, you'll you'll get there no matter what, you know what I'm saying? You'll get there, if you can't find it, you'll just get lost and it'll take longer, but you'll get there. Uh, in this, you can fly off a cliff if you don't know where you're going, <laughs> you know, in Dirt Rally. Uh, it's more part of, it's part of the losing condition, if you know what I'm saying. It's, it's part of the game. It's part of the skill required. You don't actually need to understand the directions to get to where you need to go in Morrowind because you can just walk around and eventually you have to get there, right? So, uh, yeah, that's all, I guess, I have to say about that. Yeah, at first I thought this person's point was going to be, like, hand-holding as in, like, tutorializing, like, every exactly. aspect of the exactly game. Yeah, but then it was a little bit different. I was like, oh, okay, no. I mean, even even really great games sometimes have this problem. Like, Last of Us sometimes has this problem, which uh, I love that game. It, like tutorializes past it already tutorializing you like it already taught you how to do something and then it's going to really just destroy my immersion for a second just to remind me i can do something it's like why don't you just let me fail the level and then i'll realize like you know oh this is the thing i need to do it's like not even that hard to realize you know um at least i think maybe, maybe i'm wrong maybe they play tested it and i don't know half the people got lost there somewhere. are definitely definitely other people talking about that sort of thing in this thread I thought this is a little bit more unique, so. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Next hot take. Let's see. Oh, it's huge. <laughs> Let me scale that down real quick. All right. Um, this one's from me, and it's about Pokemon. So this was in r slash Nintendo. Um, I, I realized very quickly, Nintendo is a very specific culture among gamers, uh, which kind of makes sense because Nintendo is a very specific, has a very specific culture as a company, period. Um but this thread was about how Pokemon is actually very boring. And uh, it said, this person says, uh, Game Collecting 2 says, I wanted to like it as a kid, and I tried multiple games, but couldn't, couldn't take it after first couple gyms. The combat system is one of the worst JRPG combat systems ever seen. It's so simplistic and repetitive. That's basically their, their point in a nutshell. And uh, this person who's replying... It's not the only person with this sentiment. Uh, there's actually several other people who kind of fleshed out the, this person's point a little bit more. Firefly Drake says, In-game Pokemon has been laughably easy for far too long, but the online battling community is amazing and shows how much depth the system has, uh, systems have at higher levels. Um, and they're talking about the competitive scene. So apparently there's a very vibrant Pokemon competitive scene Um that doesn't really jive well with the the vibes of Pokemon, uh, you know, casual players. 
So yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on, on that discussion? Uh, so first, to preface things, I've never played Pokemon, but I've watched people play it, but in very limited capacity. So yeah, I, I, uh, not the most knowledgeable in this. Um, but firstly, I guess it's slightly off topic, but uh, it's worth noting, I guess, that Pokemon isn't representative of the standard JR. When I think of JRPG, I don't think of Pokemon, although, yeah, it is a JRPG. Because, like, he, uh, like, the very specific kind that I don't think is that, you know, it, it exists a lot, but it's not, like, the main one. I mean, okay, so you mentioned Persona 5, which is, like, you've ever seen it. It's an entirely different thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the JRPG combat system in those two are not the same at all. Uh, Pokemon's, like, the static fighter uh team-based turn-based fighter kind of thing where you just you pick a move and it does it and that's the other person's turn to pick a move and they do it and there's nothing more than that really uh you pick an action i guess right um there's no it's all in the game sense there's no mechanics to worry about right whereas in the persona 5 i think if i'm thinking of the right game uh maybe i'm not which would be kind of embarrassing but <laughs> there's like uh you so, see, you know, some mechanical ability you also have to achieve with timing things like that. I really hope I'm thinking of the right game, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like Pokemon. I'm thinking of the wrong game. I do think that whenever I seen Pokemon, I just didn't get it. I was like, this, this does seem boring. <laughs> yeah, and for the reason that it's just simplistic and repetitive, right? Same thing every single time, you know, with a new enemy who has a very limited set of moves, right? Uh, and you can memorize them very easily. Um, and you, you yourself can do a fairly limiting amount of moves as well. Yeah, limiting. So uh, I forgot this concept's called um, mechanic versatility, I believe, uh, where it essentially is like how many different things can you do with one mechanic, right? And the more the in general sort of the less boring things can be, right? And the inc- the higher the de- really what it is is it's more depth to the game. Uh, it tends to raise the skill ceiling too. So when a game like Pokemon there's very minimal mechanic versatility uh, because you only have a certain, you have a fixed, you know, small set of uh, things you can do, right? Let's compare this to something like Rocket League, right? Rocket League is a car soccer game. You, In terms of the things you can do, there's not much. You can jump, you can move forward, you can turn left, right? You can go backwards, and you can boost, right? That's only a handful of actions. But you have high mechanic versatility. The reason being is that you can steer one degree to the left, you can steer two, you can steer 10, you can steer like 20, you know what I'm saying? There's a, and you can combine these moves to do various different things, right? Uh, it's not just like you're doing one or you're doing the other. And there's also uh, takes into like what it does, like for example, what jumping does is gonna be different based on your positioning, right? So maybe you'll block the ball, maybe you'll jump over another car, right? Uh, stuff like that. So yeah, Pokemon has like, very minuscule uh, mechanic versatility, which makes it a very shallow game, as far as I can tell. Uh, yeah, I just never understood why it was so interesting. And I also figured that at some point, can you just figure out the game? Like, figure out, like, it's very easy to find the, the most optimal move, right? Because everything is hard numbers that are very present to you. Like, they're known by the player, right? Everything is fixed. The, the situation doesn't change, really. Everything's pretty much static. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, and I, as for the, 
a part where it says, when I played as a kid, I dreaded setting off random encounters and would avoid as much grass as I could. I never understood why this is in Pokemon. Like, yeah. when you walk through grass and then 90,000 things will try to attack you in like the smallest field of grass, and they're all very easy to defeat, you know? They're not a challenge, really. It's like as if they just put that in to just ruin your life, you know? It's like... <laughs> I don't know. It's like if you're playing like Battlefield and every like, you know, 20 seconds, like, I don't know, like some like random person civilian would appear in front of you that you have to kill. It's like, why? <laughs> why is it like this? <laughs> uh, I mean, you could counter that with by saying that, uh, you know, there, it's trying to give you some. I mean, in some sense, Pokemon is kind of like bird watching, you know, where you. And, and Pokemon Go even more so. And I think some of the more recent Pokemon games are, like, trying to even be a little bit more about, like, being a naturalist and going and, like, observing Pokemon instead of just, like, dogfighting and capturing them. <laughs> so, in a sense, it is kind of mimicking, like, this scientific, like, I'm going to go out and, oh, you know, here's a cardinal or something like that. Or, you know... I, I don't see. I mean, I can see it being like frustrating in the long run if you play the game for hours. But also, like, there's that, that there is that sense, especially if you're going to move into games that are a little bit more like less about capturing and fighting. That 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 making sense that like the world is just populated with all sorts of animals. I see. You know, it would be interesting uh, to sort of solve that while keeping that sort of vibe would be like just shortening the time it takes to do combat if you want to speed through it you know so mm-hmm. if you don't care to fight the 50th magikarp again <laughs> that does nothing like <laughs> you can uh it would be interesting if there's like a for example an auto battle feature right some games have that where uh in games where battles tend to be longer right and you don't necessarily want to play out every single battle because they're so long and some of them might be not important, like a Magikarp battle for the 50th time, uh, you can just let the AI do it for you. It'll do it instantly, and you know it'll just be like, it'll just calculate like approximately how things should have gone. Usually it it favors the uh, enemy, just to encourage you to actually play the thing, you know, to, to learn how to play the game, right? But if you're fighting a Magikarp, it literally does nothing. So like, <laughs> you know, you just win. But uh, yeah, I think... That would solve both issues, right? Because setting-wise, it's the same, and the sort of emotions that it invoke are going to be similar. But uh, if yeah, if you don't want to, you don't have to deal with uh, the grass and the water stuff. I do know of this Pokemon Showdown thing that they're talking about, and that uh, I have some friends who play that. Uh, I don't know anything about it. I've never seen anything. I've never seen it. Uh, I actually have seen it, but like really not a lot at all. So I don't. I can't comment on that. Um, I don't know, maybe it's a higher uh, skill set in game than I think it is. I don't know. I think I think it's a lot insane. of people I've seen in the on the thread are saying that the act the literal mechanics uh rely like the in in the actual game, the problem is that you have very like you said, very obvious like wind paths are just super obvious. But like with the same exact mechanics without changing a single thing you actually if you were to allow people to pick whatever lineup of pokemon they want and whatever move lineup and ability set and all that kind of stuff it actually becomes a a high depth game to pick the lineup with no clear wind bat wind path is the uh is the um i see uh, yeah because i feel like playing 
playing normal Pokemon is somewhat akin to playing rock, paper, scissors if you know all the if you know yeah. all the answers, you know what I'm saying? If you know what your enemy can do, right, then it makes it a lot easier to know what you should do, right? And essentially it's just a percent chance of winning that, you know, guessing what they did correctly and whatever. Uh, but having adding just the mechanic of being able to choose you can play as that's going to you know increase that mechanic versatility by you know crazily because you have all these different combinations that can I presume have sort of cascading effects on each other. Yeah, and I'll just add my my personal experience with Pokemon. Uh, the the punishment you get for uh, just trying to level up your like there's some, I remember there's some segments that now in just retrospect it just seems poorly designed. Like you know you're trying to beat a gym right. And you go to that, you know, you can't beat the gym yet because you have to level up your Pokemon. But the thing is, in the area of that gym, the Pokemon levels are in like an like in the wild or the grass and all that kind of stuff. They're awkwardly too low to level up your characters fast enough, even though you'll like immediately destroy them. Like, you're it won't give you enough XP in return. Uh, so then I have to walk to the gym, fight a whole bunch of weak animals, go to the gym. And fight those really strong ones because, uh, you know, because I, I want to level up my uh, my Pokemon faster. Get destroyed. Get sent all the way back to uh, the, whatever the hospital, the Pokemon hospital. I forget what it's called. Uh, and then walk through the grass again. And I have to do this for hours just to be able to, de- to beat the gym. And I feel like I just completed the game for the sake of completion, not necessarily for... Uh, I mean, there's some points that it's just like... Uh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if uh, Nintendo did their thing where they uh, focused more on aesthetic with Pokemon, like Ben was saying, and it was like uh, more like what I think M- Animal Crossing is like, although I don't really know anything about Animal Crossing, you know, more like the aesthetic of the game takes like full control of your enjoyment instead of the mechanics. I feel like that would work better. Um, you know, Pokemon watching essentially sounds, I, sounds I, more I, pleasing. I yeah, I think that they're trying to do that in like their one of their new games they announced recently, where it's like, you know, because ostensibly I think you know, basically the um, the premise is ostensibly that you're gonna go collect information for like the professor at the beginning of the game, while you're also gonna go like become the greatest Pokemon fighter ever, as well. But I think like this new game they announced. The, it's like literally, you know, you just go and like, you're a scientist and you go and like interact with them and like, oh, it's really cute Pokemon. Let me take some pictures and like get some samples of it or something, kind of thing. It's definitely an interesting take. I'll, uh, I'd like to see what the Pokemon community uh, thinks about that. And last hot take, yeah, walk us through this this picture. Okay, yeah, this is on from R slash Gaming. And uh, on the left, it's a picture of a bunch of Xbox exclusives. And it says underneath, uh, spend $60 once, get your games across current gen and next gen with no hassle. Right side, it's a bunch of PlayStation exclusives. And it says, our PS5 games cost $70, and we charge you to upgrade your PS5 to PS, or your PS4 to PS5. F you, pay us money. All right, so essentially, it's criticizing PlayStation for having people pay money. Uh, to, so for example, right, uh game like um horizon uh which i presume came out on the ps4 
Uh, I think it's old enough where it would have come out on the PS4. Regardless, any game that came out on the PS4 was also on the PS5. Uh, it's criticizing them for not having a free upgrade option, right? Essentially, you have to buy the game again if you want to play on the PS5. Uh, we're on Xbox. Uh, this is not with all games as far as I'm aware. I'm like, could be wrong. Um, they're offering just free upgrades. So, yeah, the game one, what's it called? The Xbox One. And then you can get it on the Xbox Series X or S, whatever, um, for free. And the games only cost $60 as opposed to PlayStation 5 which has some of their games, not many, cost $70. Uh, although there are $70 games on Xbox. I think it's specifically referring to exclusives, though. So, yeah. My response to this is, uh, I mean, I don't really think you can blame PlayStation for doing that, right? I mean, it's literally been like that forever, and no one has ever cared, right? But <laughs> when Xbox was doing it, no one ever said anything. It's just now that Xbox is not doing that, who were like, oh, that should have that should they're acting like as if that's been the standard forever, you know, as if it's some atrocity that PlayStation doesn't do that. Um, when literally any every console imaginable in existence has done that, <laughs> um, and is still doing that except Xbox. Yeah, you can compare similar items like movies streaming, for example, right? I'm saying movie streaming because it's just purely digital. So you know, I don't think that Xbox will pay for a new disc to be shipped out to you. Um, if, I think it's just for digital games, digital copies. Uh, so it's like, you know, if like Hulu increased their streaming quality and then like, you know, just, you just said you have to get it out for free, right? I mean, if you think about this, this really could be disastrous, right? Because what you're saying as well is if Hulu has the capabilities of increasing their quality, they should do it for free. You know what I'm saying? Like... Mm. Which means that, you know, in some sense, okay, yeah, they'll get more. Improving your product is not bad, right? But for the same amount of money, you know, you're increasing utility and you're saying, but it should cost the same, right? That's like saying, well, you know, I mean, if we're ignoring the fact that this is not a digital item, it's like saying, oh, well, I bought a PS4 and so the PS5 should be free. Like, what, what, (laughs) you know, if we're we're excluding the fact that it costs money to make a PS5, right? Um, Logic doesn't really apply to anything else. Um, as well, you know, you actually get something new. It's not like you get the same exact thing, right? So, for one, the game performs better, hopefully, right? That's kind of the point. I assume that's why you want it on the PS5 because it will perform better. So, you're actually getting something out of it, and I don't know why you would be why you expect to be getting something for free. Yeah, you could, you can get things for free, right? I just don't know why it'd be the expected thing to get something for free. Um, it's not like you know. Once again, it's not an established thing that this is how it works. You also have two copies of the game now. So before, you know, regardless of whether it's digital or not, right? Uh, generally, like, for example, if you have an Xbox, you log into your Xbox Live account, right? And you have a second Xbox or someone else's Xbox, and you log into that same account, the Xbox will not let you play the same game on both Xboxes at the same time because you only own one digital copy, right? This way... You now own two. You can now play. You know, you can give your you know, Xbox account to someone else. They can now play. Uh, at least on the PlayStation. I don't actually know. They might be tied together now on the Xbox. It makes it worse, actually, <laughs> because you wouldn't be able to play them. Uh, but at least on the PlayStation, they're not tied together, which means that you can you have two copies that can be played. And also, I don't know if they're doing the free upgrade thing for Xbox, but as I said before, or free upgrade for physical copies. 
on Xbox as a four. I doubt it, but uh, if they are, then I mean that's even worse of a case for for this argument because yeah, you know, you're getting something that costs money, like like the physical thing costs money, right? You know, I think we need to get out of the mindset that higher prices are inherently bad, right? It's like, you know, imagine like you know, I was thinking of like the the starving artist like thing, right? That you see often, right? It's like. Would you really buy a painting from the starving artist for two dollars and be like, oh great, I got a bargain, right? It's like, okay, well this person's like starving, right? <laughs> and yeah. you know, pr- probably did more than two dollars worth of work to uh, create whatever you wanted, right? So obviously it's not the same same scenario. I mean, but it sort of fits the portrayal in a way, right? The video game industry as a whole in being the underpaid artist kind of thing, right? Uh, and no one appreciating. Uh, the value the true value of of the of the art that's produced um so 70 dollars i talked about this before it sounds perfectly fine to me right for i would say a majority of games right well majority of games that are in the public eye i should say you know there's some garbage (laughs) games you know but (laughs) uh yeah majority of the games that are popular i guess (laughs) yeah so you support the developers you know, they're already underpaid as is oftentimes. Uh, I think most people agree that PlayStation exclusives are generally better than Xbox exclusives anyways. So, I mean, if you, you know, in order to make in order to make the argument that a PlayStation game should be $60, you have to also be saying that you are willing to pay, or rather you should pay for a better object, a better uh, object, a better item, better thing, whatever. A better thing for the same price and uh, that that's how it should be right which is a uh, kind of scary huh <laughs> people would in general disagree with that statement uh and you know you just need to apply that to games right so playstation game is better in general than xbox game in terms of exclusives so it would fo- it would make sense that it would cost more as well yes if a disc of a game that's on that was made for the ps4 for example right i'm going to assume I'd like to be wrong. I'm going to assume that you can't just put it in the PlayStation 5 and that'll just work, which means that you know, it doesn't run natively like that. So some some effort will have to be taken, some uh, you know code had to be changed in order for it to actually run on the PlayStation 5. That is actual labor that costs money, right? I mean, it's even crazier that you could you would expect that to be free as well. Right, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's backwards compatible enough where you can literally just put in the disc and it'll work. That'd be kind of cool, not gonna lie. In which case, okay, you can make a, a bigger argument for uh, uh, Xbox because kind of it'd be, it would be kind of weird that digital copy you had to pay for again for it to work on PlayStation Five, whereas the disc just works fine, you know. Uh, but I don't think that's the case. The uh, yeah, I mean, I get how people can you know you can also draw the comparison with with uh, for example like computers like Windows for example on Windows uh, you can play games that have run on the oldest version older versions of Windows right. Yeah, some games can be supported up to like Windows XP era, right? Made made then and will still still run now. You know, but that's a bit of a difference, right? There's no porting required. It didn't cost any money. It just you know, Windows is built on backwards compatibility. It should just work out of the box essentially. Uh, no developer had to go in. Time is money, and you know they didn't have to spend time on making it, make sure it worked on the newest operating system. So yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. I wonder though, like. And the reverse of that, some you know, you're talking about like star- starving artists, but 
I wonder if economically it's actually a good, you know, I mean, presumably Xbox thinks it's a smart economic decision that if they if they do this, they're going to draw enough people away from PlayStation that you spend more money on Xbox. Yeah, that is true. But it's like, it is true that maybe they'll make more, well, at least I think they'll make more more money in the end. But it's like, they shouldn't have to do this to begin with. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Yes, maybe the artists on the street will get more money by selling the thing for $2, but they probably shouldn't have to do that, you know, uh, in terms of, like, yeah, the actual value of things. Um, if people were more sensible about the value of things, then they, you know, essentially in a perfect world, they, they'd make, they, they should make more money by, by selling it at whatever value it should be at. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think it's like a both-and sort of situation. It's like, there's like a problem, uh, culturally speaking, with consumption in general, actually. That's kind of what I'm going to be talking about, uh, partly. Um, you know, there's a problem with uh, consumption in general where, you know, the act- the value to you is not par- is not uh, factored in properly. Like, the value like to the receiver is not factored in properly. Only the value of production is properly uh, factored in. And there's like a million and one different reasons for that. Uh, but a lot of it's cultural, you know, it's just like, you know, it's it's not that uh, people don't value it more. It's that people refuse to pay for that. And I would say, actually, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of that is due to uh, the like when we were in middle school, like that sort of era, it kind of started then um, by and large with like freemium freemium culture. Um, with uh, the rise of like Google, pretty much, um, you get like, you know, freemium. But Google's making money in a completely different way, so people don't understand the relationship between value and freeness and all that kind of stuff. So, oh yeah. dear, that gets into like music streaming, and everyone thinks that music on YouTube is free. Yeah, <laughs> right, precisely. But uh, can I make that an awesome transition into my topic? Sweet. Sweet.